chapter twenty five of the maid of scar this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the maid of scar by r d blackmore chapter twenty five a long good-bye it is an irksome task for a man who has always stood upon his position and justified the universal esteem and respect of the neighbourhood to have to recount his own falling off and loss of proper station without being able to render for it any cause or reason except indeed his own great folly with fortune too ready to second it however as every downfall has a slope which leads towards it so in my case small downhills led treacherously to the precipice in the first place the dogfish and the stingrays which alone came into the nets of our new association set me swearing very hard which of course was a trifling thing and must have befallen st peter himself whose character i can well understand but what was wrong in me was this that after it went on for a fortnight and not even a conjure turned up i became proud of my swearing with practice instead of praying to be forgiven which i always feel done to me if desired for my power of words began to please me which was a bait of the devil no doubt as every tide i felt more and more that married life had not deprived me of my gift of language or at any rate that widowship had restored my vigour promptly after this being a little exhausted for two days and two nights i smoked pipes not in any mood soever unfit for a christian quite the contrary and quite ready to submit to any discipline being ordered also to lay by and expect a sign from heaven and at this time came several preachers although i had very little for them and was grieved to disappoint their remembrance of the ham that my wife used to keep in cut and in so many words i said that now i was bound to the church by a contract of a shilling a week and if they waited long enough they might hear the clock strike something this combined with a crab whose substance had relapsed to water and the sign of nothing in my locker except a pint of peppermint induced these excellent pastors to go and if they shook off as they declared the dirt of their feet at me it must have been much to their benefit this trifle however heaped up my grievance although i thought scorn to think of it and on the back of it there came another wrong far more serious tidings to wit of a wretched warrant being likely to issue against me from that low tyrant anthony stew on a thoroughly lying information by one of his own gamekeepers it was true enough that i went through his wood with a couple of sailors from portcall by no means with any desire to harm but to see if his game was healthy few things occur that exalt the mind more than natural history and if a man dare not go into a wood how can he be expected to improve his knowledge though 
other men perhaps employed their means to obtain a more intimate acquaintance with the structure and methods of various creatures going on two legs or going on four but as for myself not so much as a gun did any one see in my hands that day at first i thought of standing it out on the strength of all my glory but knowing what testimony is when it gets into the mouths of gamekeepers and feeling my honour concerned to say nothing of the other fellows who were off to sea also cherishing much experience by the way stew handled me upon the whole i had half a mind to let the neighbourhood and the county learn to feel the want of me also what joe jenkins said perhaps had some effect on me this was a young fellow of great zeal newly appointed to zoar chapel instead of the steady nathaniel edwards who had been caught sheep-stealing and inasmuch as the chapel stood at the western end of the village next door to the welcome to town my lads all the maids of newton ran mightily to his doctrine for he happened to be a smart young fellow and it was largely put abroad that an uncle of his had a butter-shop without any children and bringing in four pounds a week at chepstow there is scarcely a day of my life on which i do not receive a lesson and the difference betwixt me and a fool is that i receive and he scorns it and a finer lesson i have rarely had than for letting joe jenkins into my well-conducted cottage for no better reason than that the welcome to town was out of beer i ought to have known much better of course with a fellow too young to shave himself and myself a good hearty despiser of schism and above all having such a fine connection with the church of england but that fellow had such a tongue they said it must have come out of the butter i gave him a glass of my choicest rum when all he deserved was a larruping and i nearly lost the church clock through it when i heard of this serious consequence i began to call to mind too late what the chaplain of the spitfire thirty-two gun raisy always used to say to us and a fine fellow to stand to his guns whenever it came to close quarters i never saw before or since go down parson go down we said sir this is no place for your cloth sneaking schismatics may skulk he answered with the powder mop in his hand for we had impressed a methody who bolted below at exceeding long range but if my cloth is out of its place i'll fight the devil naked this one over to the side of the church every man of our crew that was gifted with any perception of reasoning however i never shall get on if i tell all the fine things i have seen only i must set forth how i came to disgrace myself so deeply that i could not hope for years and years to enjoy the luxury of despising so much as a lighter man again the folk of our parish could hardly believe it and were it to be done in any way consistent with my story i would not put it on paper now 
but here it is make the worst of it you will find me redeem it afterwards the famous david llewellyn of his majesty's royal navy took a berth in a trading schooner called the rose of devon after such a fall as this if i happen to speak below my mark or not describe the gentry well everybody must excuse me for i went so low in my own esteem that i could not have knocked even anthony stew's under-keeper down i was making notes here and there already concerning the matters at scar house and the delicate sayings of bardie not with any view to a story perfect and clear as this is but for my own satisfaction in case of anything worth going on with and but for this forethought you could not have learned both her sayings and doings so bright as above and now being taken away from it i tried to find some one with wit enough to carry it on in my absence in a populous neighbourhood this might have been but the only man near us who had the conceit to try to carry it on a bit fell into such a condition of mind that his own wife did not know him but in spite of the open state of his head he held on very stoutly trying to keep himself up to the mark with ale and even hollands until it pleased god that his second child should fall into the chicken-pot and then all the neighbours spoke up so much on account of his being a tailor that it came to one thing or the other either he must give up his trade and let his apprentice have it to think of which was worse than gall and wormwood to his wife or else he must give up all meddling with pen and ink and the patterns of chicken-pox how could he hesitate when he knew that the very worst tailor can make in a day as much as the best writer can in a month upon the whole i was pleased with this for i never could bear that rogue of a snip any more than he could put up with me for making my own clothes and bunnies i challenged him once on a buttonhole for i was his master without a thimble and for this ninth part of a man to think of taking up my pen the name of our schooner or rather ketch for she was no more than that to tell truth though i wished her to be called a schooner was as i said the rose of devon and the name of her captain was fuzzy not a bad man i do believe but one who almost drove me wicked because i never could make him out a tender and compassionate interest in the affairs of everybody whom it pleases providence that we should even hear of has been since our ancestors baffled the flood without consulting noah one of the most distinct and noblest national traits of welshmen pious also for if the lord had not meant us to inquire he never would have sent us all those fellow-creatures to arouse unallayed disquietude but this man fuzzy as every one called him although his true name was bethel jose seemed to be sent from devonshire for the mere purpose of distracting us 
concerning the other two stone captains as we call those skippers who come for limestone and steal it from colonel lower's rocks we knew as much as would keep us going whenever their names were mentioned but as to fuzzy though this was the third year of his trading over there was not a woman in newton who knew whether he had a wife or not and the public eagerness over this subject grew as the question deepened until there were seven of our best young women ready to marry him at risk of bigamy to find out the matter and to make it known therefore of course he rose more and more in public esteem voyage after voyage and i became jealous perhaps of his fame and resolved to expose its hollow basis as compared with that of mine accordingly when it came to pass that my glory though still in its prime was imperilled by that irish stew's proceedings for he must have been irish by origin having my choice as a matter of course among the three stone captains i chose that very hard stone to crack and every one all through the village rejoiced though bitterly grieved to lose me and dreading the price there would be for fish with that extortionate sandy macraw left alone to create a monopoly there was not a man in all newton that feared to lay half a crown to a sixpence that i brought back the whole of old fuzzy's concerns but the women having tried skipper jose with everything they could think of and not understanding the odds of betting were ready to lay a crooked sixpence on fuzzy whenever they had one to begin with he caught me on the hop at a moment of rumours and serious warnings and thoroughly pure indignation on my part at the moment i said and he made me sign that i was prepared to ship with him after which he held me fast and frightened me with the land crabs and gave me no chance to get out of his jaws i tried to make him laugh with some of the many jokes and stories which everybody knows of mine and likes them for long acquaintance sake however not one of them moved him so much as to fetch one squirt of tobacco juice this alone enabled him to take a strong lead over me every time that he was bound to laugh according to human nature and yet had neither a wag in his nose nor a pucker under his countenance nor even so much as a gleam in his eye so many times i felt in my heart that this man was the wise man and that laughter is a folly and i had to bottle down the laughs which always rise inside of me whenever my joke has the cream on it until i could find some other fellow fit to understand me because i knew that my jokes were good when i found no means of backing out from that degrading contract my very first thought was to do strict justice to our association and atone for the loss of my services to it therefore in case of anything undesirable befalling me in short if i should be ordered aloft with no leave to come down again there i made my will and left my property to establish credit for a new start among them chairs and tables knives and forks iron spoons brought into the family by my wife's grandfather several pairs of duds of my own and sundry poles as before described also nets 
to a good extent though some had gone under usury bait kettles i forget how many and even my character in a silk bag item a great many sundry things of almost equal value the whole of which i bravely put into my will and left them and knowing that the proper thing is to subscribe a codicil therein i placed a set of delf and after that my blessing eighteen pence i was compelled to pay for this pious document to a man who had been turned out of the law because he charged too little and a better shilling and sixpence worth of sense with heads and tails to it his lordship the bishop of llandaff will own that he never set seal upon unless i make another one only i felt it just to leave my boat entire to bardie having done my duty thus i found a bracing strength upon me to go through with everything no man should know how much i felt my violent degradation from being captain of a gun to have to tread mercantile boards things have changed since then so much through the parsimony of government that our very best sailors now tail off into the merchant service but it was not so when i was young and even when i was turned up fifty we despised the traders even the largest of their vessels of four or as much as five hundred tons we royal tars regarded always as so many dustbins with three of the clothes props hoisted and now as i looked in the glass i beheld no more than the mate of a fifty-ton ketch for a thirty-mile voyage out of newton bay however i had lived long enough then to be taught one simple thing whatever happens one may descry merely by using manly aspect dawning glimpses of that light which the will of god intended to be joy for all of us but so scattered now and vapoured by our own misdoings still it will come home some time and then we call it comfort accordingly though so deeply fallen in my own regard i did not find that people thought so very much the less of me nay some of them even drove me wild by talking of my rise in life as if i had been a pure nobody but on the whole we learned my value when i was going away from us for all the village was stirred up with desire to see the last of me my well-known narratives at the well would be missed all through the autumn and those who had dared to call them lies were the foremost to feel the lack of them especially the children cried old oh, davy going to be drownded no more stories at the well until i vowed to be back almost before they could fill their pitchers these things having proved to me in spite of inordinate modesty that i had a certain value i made the very best of it and let everybody know how much i wished to say good-bye to them although so short of money from felix farley i had received no less than seven and tenpence for saving the drowned black people under initials d l at the office accruing to a great extent from domestic female servants 
some of these craved my candid opinion as to accepting the humble addresses of coloured gentlemen in good livery and whether it made so much difference and now i thought that newton might have a mark of esteem prepared for me but though they failed to think of that purely from want of experience everything else was done that could be done for a man who had no money by his neighbours who had less and sixpence never entered twice into the thoughts of any one richard matthews the pilot promised to mind the church clock for me without even handling my salary as for bunny glorification is the shortest word i know a young man who had never paid his bill put her into two-inch ribbon from the baptist preacher's shop also a pair of shoes upon her which had right and left to them although not marked by nature and upon the front of her bosom lace that made me think of smuggling and such as that young man never could have expected to get booked to him if he had felt himself to be more than a month converted moreover instead of mother jones who was very well in her way to be sure the foremost folk in all the village and even master charles morgan himself carpenter and churchwarden were beginning to vie one with the other in desire to entertain her without any word of her five-pound note in short many kind things were said and done enough to make any unbashful man desire to represent them but i for my part was quite overcome and delivered my speech with such power of doubt concerning my own worthiness that they had to send back to the inn three times before they could properly say good-bye chapter twenty five